We have a lot of people out on vacation today, and including our pastors, so let's lift them up. Father, we thank you for our pastors. Your hands are on them. Angels are with them. Father, we pray peace over them and rest. In Jesus' name, no weapon formed against them will prosper. And we thank you, Father, for a restful time for them. And for the rest of those that are out, Father, for various reasons and vacation, we loose angels around them. Protect them, Father. And you'll keep them and bring them back safely. In Jesus' name, everybody said. But you're here today. And I believe we're going to have some church in here today. Uh, Nikki and I just got back from South Africa and uh, we spent two weeks over there and our Heritage of Faith Ministries in Whitbank, South Africa. If you're watching, we say hello, we greet you, we love you in Jesus name. And our son Drew has been over there since mid-February, so this is the first time we've seen him. And uh, so it was good to reconnect over there and and, uh, the ministry is strong there and of course Pastor John and Sharon they're just, they just do a great job, uh, not only in the church, but, but for us at Jerry Savelle Ministries as the uh, African um, coordinators or directors uh, over there. So very thankful for our church family over there that we have brothers and sisters all over the world. And uh, it's just an exciting time to be in the kingdom of God. So, And uh, Brother Vic... Brother Joseph will be leaving Tuesday for Tanzania. So at the end today, we're going we're gonna, to, as a church, pray over them by instructions of Dr. Savell and Pastor Justin. So we'll lay hands on them and send them out. Amen. How shall they know? Uh, how shall they hear unless they have a preacher? And the preacher must be sent. So we're going to send them today. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles today, hold them up. Let's make this de- declaration by faith. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. And I am what it says I am. Today I'm a believer. And therefore I'm a receiver. And I do believe that I will receive absolutely everything. That God has for me today, in Jesus' name, amen. Not too long ago, uh, I was awakened from a dream. And in the dream, the word was spoken to me, this word, lexicon. And so, you know, not every dream is from God. So you have to... You have to, uh, you know, test these things by the spirit, by the word. And so I woke up and I said, lexicon, lexicon. I don't, I've never heard this word. Some of you that are more educated know what this word means. I had to look it up. And what the word lexicon means is vocabulary of words. And that's what languages are made up of is a vocabulary of words. And so I noticed when I went to my Bible app in my phone, that I, which I often do because I like to do word studies of scriptures, that it has a Greek lexicon. It has a Hebrew lexicon. Now, over the years, as some of you have been on this earth longer than others and are more seasoned and have seen more things, you know that words have changed meanings. Like, for example... Did you know that the word cold does not only mean, uh, say, frigid or cool, but now that word cold means awesome. Oh, man, that's cold. That's cold. Now, I didn't... uh, I didn't come up with that meaning of the word cold. I don't know who did. It's it's from a generation that is younger than me. Uh, How about uh, there's there's words like, now I never used these words because this was slightly before my time, but groovy. (laughs) Groovy, groovy, like a drive-in movie. Uh, Radical. Far out. 
Now far out means that you've gone somewhere and never left your house. So words, words that have through generations, some have stood the test of time, but like, like the word dog, if we think of a dog. And so some words have different meanings than, and, and some have uh, the same word that has different meanings. But lexicon is a vocabulary of words. Now, today we're going to talk about, and this is the title of my message today, believing maximum words for maximum results. Believing maximum words for maximum results. And what's going to happen today is we're going to zero in on a couple of things and we're all going to come up in faith today because faith is substance of things hoped for. So Faith has to have substance. There, it is a title deed. What is the title deed? It is God's word to us, what he's promised in our word, that we can grab on to what he's promised and believe for it and cause it to manifest in our life. Words are used to communicate with each other. But when it comes to our belief system, There is a higher form of words. There is also, in recent years, a lexicon that is called woke. A woke lexicon that is a vocabulary of words that is used to promote an agenda. That agenda is not of God. It is anti-God. It is anti-Christ. And it is used to cause people to believe in the words that are spoken through that agenda or through that vocabulary of words. First Corinthians chapter 14 is where we'll begin today. So as I, I looked up this definition, the Lord began to uh, by the Holy Spirit, download things to me. And, the, and what I do is usually when, when the Lord speaks to me, I pull out my phone and the notes section of my phone. And I begin to, to uh, type up the things that God begins to share with me. And then over the course of days and sometimes weeks, uh, you have something that is birthed on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit that must, that must be shared. Hebrews chapter 4 said that the word that they heard did not profit them having not being mixed with faith. Now how we mix our faith with the word that's going forth today is we give the word our yes. That's how you mix your faith with the word is you you give the word your agreement. You give the word your yes. And especially uh, the written word of God and then the spoken word of God, which is, which is the word rhema, which we'll talk about um, later today. So are you ready? Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world and none of them without significance. The King James uses the word voices. There are many voices in the world and none of them without significance. People are speaking. The media is speaking. Your coworkers are speaking. How do they speak? They use words. A voice is, is something that expresses words. Now we're not just talking about today, which needs to be preached and has been preached, your confession of words. We're talking about believing right words. Because today's, uh, let's just say in this camp, in the Word of Faith camp, we know we're supposed to have a good confession. We know that we're supposed to speak the Word. But it must be backed by something. I said it must be backed by something what we're speaking. And what backs what we speak is the word. 
And so we know that we can have faith in God and not doubt in our hearts because we believe God's Word. So there are many voices, many languages, none of them without significance. Just uh, yesterday or the day before, I, I was talking to Pastor Phil. and Pastor Phil, as most of you know, has a great testimony that he had gotten a report of cancer on his, uh, on his esophagus. And uh, they wanted to do certain things, you know, do surgeries and things. And, and um, as you know, as he shared his testimony, God healed him. In this process, and he sits before us, a healed man of God right here with a testimony. With a testimony that God's word is true. And he was talking to the doctor uh, one day. The doctor said, we want to do this and this. And he says to him, no, I don't want to do that. Well, I highly recommend that you do. And Pastor Phil says, well, I'm not going to do that. I have a covenant with God, a healing covenant with God. That's someone that knew words All right. that grabbed hold of them, that it meant more to him than just something that's being said. It's, this is life to him. And so the doctor says to him as, as they're going back and forth, remember, there are many voices. Now, we're not against doctors, are we? The goal for every uh, person, believer, non-believer, whoever you are, is to be healthy. Isn't that right? Yes. And so whatever means necessary to do that, you can't put a price on health. Steve Jobs would have given everything that he had, all the billions, to still be living today. And so many other rich people. Because you can't put a price on health. But the doctor says to him, "Miracle, listen to this. Miracles are few and far between around here. Words. Words. Now you can mix your faith with those words. You can say, yeah, yeah, you know, I agree with that. Or you can say what Pastor Phil said when the doctor said, Miracles are few and far between around here. And Pastor Phil said, not for me. Come on. Come on. <laughs> not just because he said it, but because he read in the word that by Jesus stripes, we are healed. He grabbed the word of God. He mixed his faith with it. It became settled in his heart and came out of his mouth. So we fight words with words. We fight words with the word. So there's a counterfeit to what God does, to what God says. There is a counterfeit. It's a battle of words. There are words that have been twisted. That's where we get the word wicker, like wicker furniture. Wicker furniture is is twisted. It's woven together. It's twisted. Or you could say wicked, which is where you get wicker. Wicked words that have been twisted. That have been watered down. Does it really, does that word really mean... What its original intent was for it to mean. Or does it mean this? Words. First John 4 verse 5. Listen to in the Passion Translation says. They belong to the world. And they articulate the spirit of this world. And the world listens to them. They belong to this world and they articulate the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is contrary to the spirit of God. So they belong to the world. You and I, we don't belong to the world. They do. Those that haven't received Jesus, they belong to the world. So naturally speaking... They articulate the spirit of the world. Now we know that 
Satan is the God of this world. So guess who's behind the spirit of the world? It's Satan. And the world listens to them. Let me give you another scripture in contrast to that. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just listen. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God. Listen. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We have not received the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So they articulate the language of the world or the world's lexicon, the world's vocabulary. But we are not of the world. So we articulate the kingdom language, the kingdom of God or words from God. They're in contrast to each other. So listen to this. This is, this is going to be a little ouchy, this statement I'm about to make. But it'll be all right. The world believes their own language. That's what I just said. It said the world listens to them. They believe their own language. But do Christians believe our own language? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. (laughs) Do you believe? Do you believe the language of the kingdom? Do you believe God? Have faith, come on, in God. Well, not as to say, no, I don't believe in God because you're here, right? But this twisting of words is very sly and subtle. Jesus was standing in front of the religious people. And it says that the Jews surrounded him and they said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them and said, I told you and you do not believe. He's like, I already told you. I already told you I'm the Christ. <laughs> and, you, and you don't believe it. We, this is a simple statement. And it's, and it's for someone that understands the word. It's kind of like one of those statements where you go, yeah, duh. But we must believe God. We must believe God. What God says. And we must believe. The ones that God puts in authority over us. And the words of the prophet. That he gives to us to help our lives. And this year 2023. The year of the maximum. The highest level. That means that God is saying. You can experience this year. Everything that he has for you, everything that he has for you, everything that he has, no matter what the world says, no matter what people say, it's what my Bible says. It's what God has said through his spoken word. So I can grab onto that. I can mix my faith and say, yes, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe and I receive it. There is a vocabulary of words of the kingdom. It is called the word. We know we have the word, which is the written word. And we we also know that we have the spoken word, a revelation that I believe is coming across right now. When revelation comes across by way of the word or by way of a spoken word of God, it comes with it, accompanied with it, it's faith. So there is faith being accompanied with the word that is being taught today. We mix our faith with 
that word to cause it to birth in our hearts and never be uprooted. According to Mark chapter four, there was some of the word that got uprooted in people's lives and they didn't experience some, some, it didn't profit them at all. Just like the Israelites. And so there's things that we have to do in our hearts to prepare our hearts for the word. I always, when I was growing up in the Lord, not as a young man, but like say in my late twenties and I'm growing up in the things of God and growing up in the spirit, it would always looking back, it seemed like the biggest attacks came on Sunday morning before church. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're getting the kids all dressed and I don't want to eat breakfast. I don't want to do that. I don't want to wear that. (laughs) Then your wife says to you, you know, they get that from you. (laughs) Of course, all the bad traits, you know, they get from you. All the good traits they get from me. Well, I've taught them better that it's not what you've taught them. It's what you've trained them by your actions. I don't know if this happened. Uh, you know, I'm not saying this happened in my life. <laughs> but I'm sure you can relate, right? Why? Because, because when you're all flustered with the things of the world, you know, it talks to Mark for the desires for other things, the cares of this life, all these things. It can distract from a rhema word that's coming across that you can grab hold to by faith today. Come up in faith and experience God's maximum. <laughs> Psalm 119 verse 89, the Passion Translation says, Standing firm in the heavens and fastened to eternity is the word of God. So we're not talking about words that have changed meaning in generations. We're talking about the word that has stood fast, firm in the heavens, and it has been fastened to eternity. That's what we're anchored to. That's what we're putting our hope in. That's what we're putting our faith in. It's something that's been around for eternity. And not just something, but someone. John chapter one. Some of you could quote this, but we'll, we'll get our eyes on it. Verse one. In the beginning was the word. And the word was, come on, with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. Let's skip down to uh, Well, let me, let me couple that with, with Hebrews chapter three. It says Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, it says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now it says in the beginning was the what? Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So who are we talking about? Jesus. So Jesus is, was, is, and is to come the word. So we must understand that Jesus was, is, and is to come the word. He has been, we are fastened or the word Jesus has been fastened or what what was that word that was used? Fastened to eternity. So when we put our faith in Jesus, We're putting our faith in an eternal hope and eternal life. So when we put our faith in the word, this isn't just a book. 
So to say that this is a book of stories and books within a book that were just written by men is to take, take this word and, dist- and distort its value. Because the word was and is and is to come. So when you become born again, how many born again folks we got in here today? First Peter chapter one, verse 23 says, having been born again, talking about you, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which what lives and abides forever. The word of God lives and abides forever because all flesh is as grass. So we were formed to dust. To dust we shall go unless Jesus returns, which I believe is soon. Amen. I believe this, this side of the church will definitely be raptured. <laughs> no, I'm not. And all the glory of man, as is the flower of the grass, the grass withers, the flower fades away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Wow. And when we preach the gospel, it is power unto salvation. So the gospel was preached to you, Christian, and Faith came with it. It was power that was there for you to be saved. Eternal salvation, eternal life. Faith came with that. You received it and said, I believe. I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe God raised him from the dead and he died on the cross for my sins. I believe. But that same faith to salvation is the same faith that we use to receive the maximum in 2023. Come on. It's the same faith. It's just what words do we believe? Well, I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe he rose from the dead. Do you believe he did all that so that you could experience a life in God that you, could ne- you couldn't have dreamed or possibly imagined exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think? <laughs> I didn't know growing up in West Monroe, Louisiana, home of the show Duck Dynasty. I mean, y'all seen those people. One thirteen Fawn Circle, West Monroe, Louisiana, seven one two nine one. That one day, that God would bring me to a, a a land that He would show me a great a great and large land. But He had a plan for my life, just like He has a plan for your life. And it's plans of good, not of evil, to give you a what? Future and a what? An expected end. My expected end in 2023 is to experience the maximum of God. What does that even mean? It means the fullness, everything that God has, all that he is, everything. He wants to give it to you. Yes. But he does it so that because he loves, but he wants us to be in with him. So when Jesus came to earth and was tempted, he said, it is written, man 
shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So Jesus, when he came to the earth, said he came to show us the Father. He came to restore man back to the place where God intended man to live. So when he said, man shall not live by bread alone, man had been looking to God for provision. How many bread eaters do we have in here? You love bread. A good hot piece of bread or the, or the butter. The butter just, I mean, as soon as it hits the bread, it's, it's like, it's like dripping, dripping off the bread. When it hits your mouth, the, 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 the saliva, the back, you feel it in the back of your jaw is just. Brother Jerry says, uh, you know, jokingly, he says, uh, God said man shall not live by bread alone, which means it's possible to live by bread alone. (laughs) But Jesus is saying you should live by every word of God. God's intent for man was to live by his words. And I'll show it to you. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 with your smart self. Verse 27. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. So God used his voice to express words. When God speaks a word, it is eternal because he's an eternal God. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. So God blessed man. He gave him Dominion and authority. And then if you skip over to verse 29, God said, see, I've given you now every herb that yields seed. Seed represents provision. So God blessed man. He gave him dominion and authority. And he gave man seed. He gave man provision. So his words to man were to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That was mankind's mandate. With dominion, with authority, rule and reign. As what? As a replica of God. In fact, Psalm chapter 8, and I want you to see this. Psalm chapter 8, verse 3 says... Verse four, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you should visit him for you have made him a little lower than Elohim is the word that's used there or a little lower than God. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. So when God made man in his likeness and in his image, man was a replica of God crowned with glory and honor. And given the words to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. So God began to work with man and with Adam. And, uh, you know, Adam was carrying out God's instructions. So we skip over to chapter two. So God working with man made in his image, in his likeness. As a replica of him, made just below, slightly below him, he brought, verse 19, them to Adam. Verse 19, out of the ground of the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what Adam would call them. So God now is wanting man 
to use words. So God's working with Adam and he brings an animal to him. And Adam says, that's a lion. Brings an elephant. That's an elephant. In fact, uh, I brought back some pictures from South Africa. For those of you that have never been, I got some pictures that we brought back. We went on a couple of safaris and, um, what is that? That's a rhino with a little baby. Yeah, these were like, I'm talking about, you could almost, you know, reach out. Now they said, what's that? That's those two female lions. Now, I was told when we got back, now we saw two prides of lions. So one pride had uh, seven lions with the male. And then another pride had five, and this is, this is one of them. And we just came up on them. This was a favor of God. We just came up on them on a cross in the road, and there they were just walking, all five of them. So we pulled up and just watched them for a while. There's, this was a night drive, and uh, that was the male line. Literally walked 10 feet in front of our vehicle. Talk about an adrenaline rush. They, they say, oh, well, they're more scared of you than you are for them. Ha! <laughs> Yo, mama. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the zebra. The zebra. And then this guy. Oh, he's letting us know we're following too close. We were just trying to leave. And this guy was blocking the road. So we started following me. He does that little turnaround. Can we see that again? Can you play that back? He says, uh-uh, you're too close. Flapped his ears out. So God worked with Adam and brought him. I mean, these are, these are massive. These are like just in people's backyards. You know, you, you see a little bird and you go, oh, bird. <laughs> look at his cute little feathers. <laughs> but these things are, are massive, right? And here, here God working with man and Adam's what? Calling them. Man's original intent was to live by Every word of God. This is how we live. This is how we conduct our lives by this. So naturally, if you're an enemy of God, you would do everything that you could to distort every word of God. Would you not? If you're being strategic, you're not an enemy of God. But if you're being strategic... And wanting to beat an opponent. Then you would do everything you could. To do an opposition of what they're trying to do. You would oppose it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There was a world uh, economic forum where. It was discussed. How artificial intelligence could rewrite the Bible. Now, if, if that were to be the case, which hasn't happened yet, but if that were to be the case, what do you think the words that are in the word would be said in there now? Things would be redefined. Things would be twisted. So God was working with man to see what he would call them. So what does Satan do? He comes to the garden to let man know that what God said was not what God really meant. Did God say you shouldn't eat? I mean... You know, the reason why he probably said that is because he didn't want you to be like him. 
Man was already like God. Man already had his rightful place in God. And there was a twisting of what God was saying. And man sinned. So let's look at verse 7. The eyes of both of them were open, chapter 3. And they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the gardens in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So again, God is using his voice to express words that said, Adam, where are you? And look what it says in verse 10. So he said, Adam said, I heard your voice. That means that Adam knew the voice of God. Because he heard God calling him. He knew that means that they had times where they walked together and talked together and fellowship together. He said, I heard your voice and watch what happens now because of sin. He said, I heard your voice because I was naked and I, and he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Now he was never afraid to hear God's voice before. He walked with God, talked with God. They worked together in the garden to, to multiply, fill the earth. They were naming things. They were calling things. And now when he heard God's voice, he was afraid, he said. Fear. Limitations. This fear of death, curse. Will God still provide for me like he provided for me? He was afraid. And so when God said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, man shall not live by bread alone. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. He was trying to get them to understand that this is a relationship between man and God. And he wasn't just there to provide for their needs. He wanted to have all of them in fellowship with him. And to live by his words again. When I was growing up, I grew up in... uh, you know, denominational church and good people. And uh, for whatever reason, whether it was taught or not taught, what I, what I believed was that I could be saved one day, not saved the next. And if I had any kind of Sin in my life and Jesus returned, I was not going to make the rapture and I was going to hell. And so there was this performance mentality and, uh, and, and I was afraid of going to hell for sure. Which fear is never a good motivator, by the way. God doesn't motivate through fear. He motivates Through love. It's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. But that's what I believed. And uh, so I remember in 1988, the book came out, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning in 1988. (laughs) Mom made me read that book. Actually, I saw it. It was sitting in the bathroom. And uh, so I grabbed the book and, and, and read it. And this is, I think he even pinpointed like two weeks of that year when in September, when Jesus was going to return. I was on my knees those two weeks for sure. 
I'd repent all the time. Lord, forgive me of my sins and even the ones I don't know about and bless this food. Amen. (laughs) That was part of my daily prayer. I had a wrong perception of who God was and who he was to me. But it's when uh, Nikki and I first in Birmingham, Alabama, and, and uh, our Sunday school teachers took us in, mentored us. When I was introduced to Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savell and the word of faith. And I learned that God is good. And uh, he doesn't do bad things to people and that Satan is bad. And so the simple doctrine was John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that you may have to the full till it overflows. That sounds to me like the maximum. That sounds to me like even after 2023 is over, that we can still live a life that is to the full till it overflows because that's what Jesus came to bring us. So I grabbed hold of that. And then when we moved to Michigan, Nikki's dad had preached, uh, you know, in the word of faith for years. And, and I began to learn who God really was. God is love. He doesn't have love. It's not a characteristic of him. It's not his personality. He is love. That means forever. Love was, love is, and love is going to be. Forever. God has defined what love is by himself. It says that he swore by himself because there was none other greater to swear by. And Abraham believed God. I believe God loved God, God loves me. God loves me. Wow. Well, yeah, duh, John three sixteen. Yeah, we know that, but is it a revelation? Is it a rhema word to us where on the inside of us, I believe with all my heart that God loves me no matter what. And because I believe it draws me It doesn't pull me away. It draws me in. Why would he love me? Don't look at me like you're looking at me. Why would he love some of you? (laughs) And get this. While we were still sinners. And I don't know why I'm talking so high. (laughs) He, he loves us. Wow. So I began to understand, you know, who I was in him. When you understand who you are in God. Your faith goes to another level. Guess what? The word of God says that faith works by love. How can we even elevate in faith? Without elevating and understanding the love of God. Because that's how faith works. Faith wasn't meant so you could brag about what you acquired. That's a byproduct of God's love for you. Okay, well, that didn't go over so well. So Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Rhema word. Peter got a revelation of who Jesus was. Who do men say that I am? You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father in heaven has revealed this to you. So the father had revealed to Peter who Jesus was. It was a rhema word. It was a spoken word to Peter. 
And when Peter understood who Jesus was, he went to a new level. His name was Simon, which means reed, which means tossed by the wind. This was Peter's life. Up and down, up and down, up and down. But there were times where Peter walked on water. Then there were times where he denied. It's Peter's belief in who Jesus was and who he was in him. Jesus said, you're Peter on this rock. Well, that gives a different picture than a reed that's tossed by the wind, doesn't it? And Peter, one day, was in the boat and saw Jesus. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And what does Jesus say? The living word spoke a word. Peter stepped out, walked on water. I identify with Peter. (laughs) You know? There's times in our life where it seems like you're on top of everything. And then there's times where you allow circumstances of life to crash in on the boat and crash in on it and crash in on it. We have to come to the realization that no matter what happens, this word is eternal. And what does the word say? About every situation, every circumstance. Does not the word say that God is on our side? Does it, does it not say that we're blessed? So if I believe God, then I believe the words that God speaks. So if he says I'm blessed, if he says I'm loved, if he says I'm free, If he says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, then what? Then that's the way it is. That's the way it is. If he says that I can boldly approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in time of need, then that's what that means. And for too long, listen, this is, this, is, this is the crux of what I'm going to say today. For too long, God's people have looked at God's word from a fallen state of mankind. When it says in Ephesians that he raised us up together with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. That means that I'm on a level... As a son of God and a joint heir with Jesus. If you were in heaven right now. And God spoke a word. Would you go? I don't know if I believe that. (laughs) If you were in heaven. And God spoke a word. You knew. That that word was eternal. And that if God spoke it, that's it. Now you can truly say it is what it is. Because Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That word truth means the highest form of reality. And a lot of God's people have not been operating in the highest form of reality, which is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. That's the highest form of reality that I can grab onto and take it to the bank, brother. (laughs) Banks. And I'll close with this. Where's the maestro? Is he still in here? 
Everybody give the maestro a hand. We love him. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2. Go with me there. We'll close. This helped you today? I I know by the Spirit of God. I know by the Spirit of God that, that this has taken root in people's hearts today. That people have come up in faith. That we're going to be walking on a new level. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. Why is God rich in mercy? Because of His great love, which He loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. See, we can't understand that kind of love naturally. And we want to try to relate to God naturally by the people that said that they loved us and walked out on us. But that's not our God. He is love. You can't even have the love of God till you know God. Even when we were dead and trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. His mercy, his grace, and his kindness. Why? Because of his love. So to say, well, I don't know if that word's for me. Oh, oh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. What do you believe? He says, grace is a gift for we are his workmanship. Verse 10. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me read one last scripture to you. Dr. Savell read this in Ethiopia. In his session that he ministered in. And this just, this just came alive. And you could see people that grabbed this and they got it. They grabbed it and they got it. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. The, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. Is there anyone in here who loves God? The things that God has prepared for those that love him. Do you love him? Do you love him? There are things that he's prepared for you. There are things that he's prepared for you. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. The things. Hallelujah. Well, stand to your feet this morning. The word. The word and love. The word was and is and is to come and love 
was and is and is to come. So if we understand that God is love, when Jesus said in Matthew 11, have faith in God and God is love, then you can say that you can have faith in love. And that's what God's response is toward you, toward me, toward mankind. And wouldn't it be the case where you take someone's what they are and the biggest thing that's being distorted today is love. Which means God's being distorted. So we have to understand that's not who God is. Why? Because he loves. He wants people to experience a good life. Because sin brings fear. And fear causes limitations. And he doesn't want you limited. He doesn't want me limited. He wants us to experience his best. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? Thank you, Father. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning. What key are you in? Let's go to like G or A. Lord, we thank you for your love today. We thank you, you are an eternal God. Thank you for your love for for us, even while we were sinners, Lord. I'm so thankful for the blood. Lord, the times that you're with us, in the dark places where your light came in and changed everything. That amazes me. That's amazing. Lord, I pray for each one here today and those that are watching by way of internet. Lord, we just thank you for your word, for Jesus. And Father, I just just pray that you seal this word in the hearts of your people. Lord, that there will be lines divided today of what we choose to believe. It's the greatest power that you've given to man, the choice to choose. And Lord, we, your people today, receive this word from heaven. We receive it. Say that out of your mouth today. I receive this word. I receive it today. And Lord, just in our own human nature, we being performance based, we think, you know, this is our lot in life or we can live with this pain or at least it's not that bad. But Lord, you're calling us up today. You're calling us up. You're calling us up to believe to believe your word unashamedly, Lord, to 
to go beyond the natural limits, to believe for supernatural things that only come by you, that that we may be a light in the darkness in this earth. And I know this, saints, by the, by the Spirit of God, because the Bible says that Jesus is returning for a glorious church. That means that we're going to be walking at a level, not sad, broke, depressed, not sick or lame. Jesus came to heal us from all that. You can receive it today. It's by his grace, it's by his love.